Okay, let's pray. Lord, we come before you humbly thanking you for your word, and now we seek to study it and learn more about you through it. So help us in that. In Jesus' name, amen. This is Exodus 34. We've come to verse 10. This is the second time around on the covenant. Israel kind of messed up on the first one because they, according to Aaron, they threw all their gold in a fire and out came this calf. Uh, that sounds like something I'd have told my mama. <laughs> it fell from heaven. And he said, Behold, all right, this is Yahweh. Remember, we still got Moses and Yahweh up there. I will form a covenant in the presence of all your people. I will make distinctions such as have not been created upon all the earth and among all nations, all the nations, and all the people in whose midst you are, you are shall seek the work of Yahweh, uh, shall see, I'm sorry, shall see the work of Yahweh, how awe-inspiring it is, that which I will perform with you. Okay, God makes a distinction. Distinctions, more than one. So Israel, again, it's, it's, it's recertified as a, as, as a distinct nation among all other nations. And they're going to see how Yahweh makes a difference as they, as they move toward the promised land and then get into the promised land. Verse 11, keep carefully what I am commanding you today. Lo, I will drive out from before you the Amorites, Canaanites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. God assumes the responsibility of taking care of them. He gives his word. He doesn't have to give anything else. Now, how are the people going to respond to that? Well, you and I already know what happens in the book of Numbers. They send out spies. God already said, I will drive them out. You don't have to worry about them. It doesn't matter if they're 10 feet tall and have walled cities and they make you look like grasshoppers and all that kind of stuff. That, that, that's meaning. That's irrelevant. It doesn't matter because God is God. So God, they have this promise. So here's a distinction. A distinction is when you go and come up against these people, don't worry about it. I got you covered. See, that's what he means. Beware now. Beware lest you form a covenant with the inhabitants of the land into which you are coming, lest it become a snare in your midst. Um, let me... Uh, um, okay, let me look at something here, if you please. Bear with me. Um, okay, I see it's, um, it's in Leviticus. They don't know everything yet. Uh, is, I hope I've got, if I don't, if this ain't the chapter, I'll just, Summarize it in my own. I think this is the chapter. We're going to see down here that they're to not not to let a uh, not to let uh, a, a sacred tree, so-called sacred tree, a, a pagan thing, 
you know, don't let it stand or anything. All right, now this is, this is from Leviticus 18. And this, this is a little later when, when, they're a little, when they're a little more able to receive. Yahweh spoke to Moses saying, uh, speak to the sons of Israel, say to them, I'm Yahweh your God, according to the doings of the land of Egypt in which you dwelt, you shall not do. And according to the doings of the land of Canaan, where I'm bringing you, you shall not do. Okay. Egypt was bad, and the behavior of the Egyptians was bad, but Egypt had a little more class than Canaan. A little more. So he's preparing them. Okay, now remember what he just said here. Beware of covenants, uh, forming covenants with inhabitants of the land where you're coming to. And now, you know, they're, they're headed to Canaan because this will become a snare to you. All right, now the Lord more deeply explains this. You, and in their ordinances, um, my judgments you should observe, keep my ordinances, walk in them. I, Yahweh, am your God, therefore you should keep my statutes. Um, all these warnings about doing what they're, what they're supposed to do. Now, in verse, verse 6, anyone, um, anyone who is near unto any as a kin or any, any near kin shall not approach to uncover his nakedness. I'm Yahweh. The nakedness of your father, the nakedness of your mother. You shall not uncover uh, the nakedness of your mother. She is your mother. You shall not uncover her nakedness, uh, the nakedness of the wife of your father. You shall not uncover uh, the nakedness. It is your, it belongs to your father, the nakedness of your sister, the daughter of your father, or the daughter of your mother. Okay, let me pass on through. In other words, Close kin, incest, this kind of thing, all right? Um, and he explains those who are begotten by your father and so forth. Um, neither your aunt, your daughter-in-law, uh, the wife of your brother, um, Let's see. Uh, daughter, son, son. I see akin to her wickedness. Let me move on down here. Um, it goes on through. I'm, 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 I'm going to take too long trying to find it here. Well, no, I just came to it. Um. Let's see. Uh, the wife of your neighbor, you shall not lie carnally with her. Uh, and any of your descendants, you shall not let pass through the fire of Molech. Nor shall you profane the name of your God, I am Yahweh. And you shall not lie with a male as with a woman. It is an abomination. You shall not lie with any animal carnally to defile yourself with it. Uh, nor any woman shall lie carnally with an animal uh, or shall stand before an animal to mate with it. It's a perversion. 
not, uh, do not defile yourselves with these things. Okay, now. Uh, for by all these things the nations are defiled. And I which am casting you out before you is defiled. I'm casting them out. That's what he's saying before you because the land is defiled. Okay. There's no... There's no uh, restraint on the pagan kind. Of, this is all fertility worship. You know, it's, everybody's fair game in Canaan. Um, your neighbor's wife, your daughter, your daughter-in-law, your aunt, your sister. I mean, it's just, it just you know, it gag a maggot when you, when you think about it. Uh, and then it goes into homosexuality and then it goes into bestiality. And then he's very clear there. He says, this is what they're doing over in Canaan. And I'm preparing you and I'm telling you, you have to. And we saw there the first of that chapter over and over. He says, obey my ordinances. Look after my judgments. You shall not do these things. Now, he says here, well, and of course, you and I already know the end of the Old Testament. They do. They, they do it. They, it is so, I, I don't know, I guess the shock of it, the sensuality of it, I don't know. Is so what enticing? I don't know. They've they've never been exposed to that kind of behavior, and it's all part of religious worship. And there's still a strong mindset, you know, that there's a supreme creator, but there are lesser deities that look over nations and people. And that's what this whole thing, they have to be taught and taught and retaught and retaught. And this is the second time for the covenant because of what they did at the golden calf. And they probably, if you read, the, and we read it uh, time before last, whenever, they were not far from doing those kinds of things. They begin to dance and the revelry that was going on. Well, the next thing would have been what they do over in Canaan. Uh, and they may have seen some of that in Egypt, I don't know. So back to verse 12. Beware lest you form a covenant with the inhabitants of the land into which you are coming, lest it become a snare in your midst. They were warned over and over and over again about this kind of thing. And Yahweh says, this is why I'm driving them out. They've defiled the land. They're defiled people. I'm driving them out, but I'll let them stay there long enough to prepare the place for you. So you don't have to go in there and cut down trees and, and turn over land and all that's already there waiting for you, flowing the milk and honey. But now I'm going to, because they're so awful, I'm going to drive them out uh, for you. That's what he says. Verse 13. But you shall demolish their altars when you get there. Tear down their altars, shatter their monuments, and cut down their sacred trees. Uh, their, their wooden images. Sacred trees is the literal, but it, that, would have been, that would have been a sacred tree or a grove close to an altar. The altar... The altar would be to the God. The grove would be to the consort of the God, the goddess. Every God had his female, okay? So whenever the altar and the sacred trees were there, this whole thing spoke of that fertility cult. And, and God says, tear all that stuff down. Do away with it. For you shall not prostrate yourself before another God because Yahweh, whose name is Jealous, Chana, is jealous God or a jealous God. 
lest you form a covenant with the inhabitants of the land, and they, that is the Gentiles, uh, commit prostitution after their gods, that is whoredom, spiritual prostitution. And they offer sacrifices to their gods, and they invite you, and you eat of their slaughtering. And you take of their daughters for your sons, and then their daughters will go astray after their gods and lead your sons astray after their gods. This was the whole reason that at the outset they were forbidden to intermarry with other, other nations because these other nations were pagan. They were steeped in darkness. And of course the mother, and you know, case in point is Jezebel. Uh, Ahab... I'm not going to say he was a good guy. He was the worst of the bunch. But uh, he, he just chased around after Jezebel and let her do anything she wanted to do. Wanted to do. And she, she introduced so much horrible darkness into the northern kingdom that the northern kingdom never recovered from it. Never did. Uh, so you can think, you can, all right, think, think of the history of our country. You know, <clears throat> there was a day when there were things that were taboo. They were not legal. They were forbidden. Somebody comes along and says, that's too harsh. Hath God surely said. Hath God surely say, yeah. Yea, hath God said. So uh, you little something, you little, little something everybody, the world calls innocent, which is not. And the next thing you know, Pandora's box of evil and darkness is opened. And I'm reading online, I don't chase this stuff down, but I'm assuming it's pr true, where Disney is introducing a cartoon with its first LGB, whatever, FBI, CIA, <laughs> alphabet soup, weird, weird behavior, introducing a character like that into one of their child's cartoons. Really? Then I saw again, is it the Big Red Dog or is there a cartoon called the Big Red It's it, They're having a, the introduction of those kind of characters into Clifford, the whatever it's called. I saw that yesterday. That's a shame. Well, here's the point. Who in the world, well, all right, you know, I ain't as old as Methuselah. I was a kid once. What was the worst thing that happened in my cartoons? Yosemite Sam would blow the duck bill off of Daffy Duck. That's too violent. Oh, but now you can let perverted behavior be okay. See? Um, yeah. So here's, you know, here's the deal. This is what God warns them against. You don't crack the door in the least. Because when you do, you will not be able to stem the flood of darkness and evil that will fall on your people and your sons raised by those women that you have married. You know, the mama in, in this culture raises the, the kids and they will go out and they will lead your sons astray after their gods. Uh, may I say that in our lifetimes we have seen this. These very things that were forbidden in Leviticus. About two years ago, I saw where a man wanted to marry his dog in California. 
Another one was a pig. Seriously. I don't know. He didn't suck. Man. Yes. Well, I don't know. It's okay. I'm just. I, I don't know. I don't know whether I want nuclear bombs to follow. I want the rapture is what I want. Uh, it's just awful. But it's happening in the churches. Oh, yeah. Well, they're getting beat down by the world. They're afraid they're going to lose their numbers, going to lose their money. And so and they're going to lose their popularity and they're going to lose their cool coolness, their vogue. They're going to lose their vogue. Um, and, you know, and so now we're we're hate mongers. You know, we we're hate mongers. I don't know how you can hate a person for wanting them to be saved and go to heaven with you. Um, but uh, that's the twisted way the world is. Anyway, moving on. You should not make molten gods for yourself. Well, they already messed that one up, so he has to restate it. The festival of unleavened bread or cakes, you shall keep seven days. You'll eat unleavened bread. And I've, as I've commanded you at the appointed meeting time of the month of spring, for in the month of spring you went out of Egypt. All that opens the womb is mine. That's the firstborn. All of your livestock bearing a male by the emergence of an ox or a lamb. Okay, those are clean animals. All right, now, farmers in the pastoral uh, agricultural lifestyle that, uh, that belonged to Israel, that Israel was, that was their thing. Donkeys were important. Okay, camels, I guess. Doesn't say camel here. A donkey was an unclean animal. Firstborn donkey you shall redeem with a lamb. All right, firstborn donkey. A donkey is an unclean animal. And it's okay. You can use it. Farmers have to have donkeys, but you're going to have to redeem it. You can't have an unclean. Okay, any other unclean animal generally would not be in the livestock of, a, of an Israelite. You know, any other unclean animal, wouldn't, they wouldn't be having them. But they have to have a donkey. So what are they going to do? You can redeem it with a lamb. So they have to take a lamb that the priest approves for sacrifice and sacrifice for the sake of redeeming the donkey so they can use it. Now here's a guy that says, I got a lot of donkeys. I've lost a lot of lambs because of those donkeys. I just don't want this donkey. Okay. Decapitate it. Break his neck, cut his head off. Because you cannot keep an unredeemed, unclean animal for the, for the sake. You're going to have to lose. You've got to lose some, see? Because it's unredeemed unless you take it through the redemption process. Every firstborn of your sons you shall redeem, and they shall not appear before me empty-handed. So you got to bring sacrifice. This, this, move, this goes on down the line. Six days you work. So uh, let me go back to this. You, here's a novel idea. You people need to work. You need to come before me 
from time to time, and when you do, don't come empty-handed. Take some of the stuff that you got from working and bring it to me. That's a novel idea, isn't it? Six days you may work. On the seventh day you shall rest. In plowing and in harvest you shall rest. You shall make for yourself a festival of weeks. Uh, That's Pentecost. The first of the wheat harvest, the festival of the ingathering at the turn of the year. Three times during the year shall all of your males appear directly before the Chadon Alachi Israel. The, the master, the, the Lord God, the master Lord God of Israel. Your God. All right now. Unleavened bread. Right? And Pentecost, of course, there's, there's Passover as well during that first time. Uh, and then the, uh, uh, the, 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 the Feast of Tabernacles also. So, you know, those times were sacred, but they were festivals. They were feasts. And, you know, people would have a good time. They would enjoy themselves uh, and come before the Lord and all that. That's like, that's like God saying take three weeks of your vacation, right? <coughs> when I drive out nations from before you and I widen your border, no one will covet your land when you go up to appear uh, before the Lord your, your God. Three times each year. You shall not slaughter or, or sprinkle the blood of my sacrifice with leaven. And the offering of the Passover feast shall not remain overnight until the morning. The choicest of the first of your soil you shall bring to the house of the Lord your God. You shall not cook a kid, a goat, a kid in its mother's milk. That was a pagan ritual for fertility. Okay. Um... Yahweh said to Moses, Inscribe these words for yourself, for according to these words I have formed a covenant with you and with Israel. Now these are the distinctions. We go back to what we said, we read earlier in an earlier verse when God said, I'm going to make distinctions. He gives to them these wonderful times they can have together. He promises to keep them protected. He'll have them covered he will give them abundant prosperity when they get into the land. They'll be able to produce unlike anybody else. They just have to do what God says do and don't commit an idolatry and don't form a covenant with any of the people who are there that he's driving out. Don't mess around with their altars and their groves and don't follow their horrible religion. For some, it's going to be so enticing. It's going to look so cool and neat. And boy, we never saw life like this before. Don't do it, he says. All right, this is going to make you distinct from the world. You don't act the way they are. They're in darkness. They do awful, horrible things, and they think it's worship. But you're going to be distinct from all that. I have formed a covenant with you and with Israel. Verse 28, he was there with Yahweh for 40 days and 40 nights. He ate no bread and drank no water. And he inscribed upon the tablets the words of the covenant, uh, the Ten Commandments. It came to pass when Moses descended from Mount Sinai 
And the two tablets of the testimony were in Moses' hand when he descended from the mountain. And Moses did not know that the skin of his face had become radiant while he had spoken with Yahweh. That Aaron and all the sons of Israel saw Moses and behold, the skin of his face had become radiant. And they were afraid to come near him. And Moses called to them and Aaron and all the princes of the community returned to him and Moses would speak to them. So he had, a, he, had a, he had a radiance about his skin. All right. I have pimples and rosacea. Moses had a glow. <laughs> it was a very, I'm sure it was a very profound thing for the people who saw him coming. Afterwards, all the sons of Israel would draw near and he would command them everything that Yahweh had spoken with him on Mount Sinai. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he placed a veil or a covering over his face. You know, I guess they kept staring at him. But now Paul says that he didn't want them to see that it was beginning to fade. <laughs> what a guy. I'm going to be like this all the time. But he wasn't. When Moses had finished speaking with them, he placed a covering over his face. When Moses would come before Yahweh to speak with him, he would remove the covering until he left. Then he would leave and speak to the sons of Israel what would be commanded. Then the sons of Israel would see Moses' face, that the skin of Moses' face had become radiant, and then Moses would replace the covering over his face until he would come again to speak with him. So here are these infallible proofs that God once again is going to deal graciously with Israel in spite of what they've done. Here is, here is the covenant again. Again, the promise of God to keep them secure and the proof that Moses is God's man and so he can be the leader and they can trust him. And, and listen, Moses would speak to Yahweh, the tent of meeting, you know, and Moses, Yahweh would speak to Moses. Moses would speak to the people uh, and people knew what was going on. So there's... there's Warning after warning to the people that they are not in any way. He's preparing them for Canaan, although you and I also know that they're going to have to go in circles for 40 years. But uh, because they doubted God, you know, God said, you got it. I'm, I'm, I'm taking care of you. And, and they just wouldn't do it. They just listened to the report. The coronavirus was just too strong for them. And God couldn't protect them. So uh, at this point, however, he's preparing them for what life will be like for them in Canaan. It's going to be great, but you're going to have to resist those people because you are distinct from them. There's nothing wrong with light being distinct from darkness. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, you know, we have a lot of twisted ideas in Christianity today about, about the way people think Christians ought to approach the world and whatever. But, but one thing is we should, we should be as wary of the world and the deceiver above all else. We should, we should, we should you know, don't trust the world, don't trust the things that are in the world. Um, 
And God, God, Jesus is the head of his church. He'll take care of bringing us into the places where we need to be so that he brings those whom he calls to us and Jesus works it all out. He'll take care of it. Well, we're going to stop there and uh, let's pray. Father, how we marvel at your word and how we pray, O oh God, that as we look back upon your covenant with Israel and the instructions and the warnings, that in some ways, Lord, we know that these warnings are, are just as dire today in our days. And we pray, O oh God, that you would strengthen us in our hearts and that you would guide us and guard us the way that you promised to guard them. And we know that you do with the with the Holy Spirit in our hearts. And so, Father, teach us to go in the way that pleases you always. In Jesus' name, amen.